Usually the topics are a little bit unpredictable on this show, so I'm going to try something a little different this week. This week we're going to focus on writing, how to write better, how to write more engaging uh, and get more readers. So the first feature today is Julian Shapiro. Julian has a very interesting system as a creator from writing Twitter threads that convert into his blog posts and from his blog posts converting into email subscribers. So let's take a listen at his process. So this gets us to the topic of how do you optimize for growing as quickly as possible on these channels? The way I start is I think, how do I get my hands on all of the top ranked posts of all time? And then if I can see what those are, can I then find the patterns? So they're really the only trick here is find a tool that lets you measure or lets you identify all of those top ranked posts. So for Hacker News, you can use Algolia, like the search feature. And then for Twitter, you can actually use TweetDeck, tweetdeck.twitter.com. And you can rank things essentially, by, you can filter them at least by how many likes do they have. So if I filter by 10,000 likes or more, I start looking for the patterns among these high performing pieces of content. Dude, nobody does this because like on hack like on any hackers i'm like i literally on the home page i'm like here are the best posts of all time here are the best posts every month here are the best posts every week and i'm hoping people will go back and look at the best posts and make more posts like that because i want them to and they never do they just make kind of crappy posts and they complain like why is nobody liking my posts i'm like the answers are literally right in front of you like i could not make it easier to find what works mm, right right Okay, so we were talking about Twitter earlier. What are you seeing that works well on Twitter? So you want to tweet threads for the most part if you're trying to get retweets and retweets are what bring followers. And so the reason threads are useful is because it shows so much meat. It's like, here's all this content. It's not just a single tweet. It's a bunch glued together, which proves that you can sustain how interesting you are across multiple messages. So you're a de-risked person to follow. You can keep giving people the goods. And when you're tweeting threads or tweeting single tweets, usually you wanna think about a two-part framework that I write about on, on my website, which is novelty and actionable. So novelty means you're sharing something new that wouldn't have been easy to figure out on your own. And it makes you think, wow. So there's a few categories of novelty. One is counterintuitive, like, oh, I had no idea, or I would have never thought that's how the world worked. Another category of novelty would be elegant synthesis. It's where you capture something people know, but you say it so beautifully they think, I couldn't have said that better. Or you took the words right out of my head, right? And the last category is shock and awe. It's like, holy crap, I cannot believe that just happened. Thanks for sharing that news. And then actionable is this thing you tack on at the end where it's like, hey, now that you know this novel piece of information, here's what you can do with it. Here are like the steps. Here's how this would now affect how you navigate the world going forward. So actionable and novel in like a thread form tends to perform exceptionally well. I mean, have you seen Ayla's account? Like, as far as I can tell, you're just asking like the most controversial, provocative questions and polls you possibly can. And no one else would do because we're all afraid of getting canceled. Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I guess so. I'm, I'm a little unclear about like exactly where my Twitter followers come from. I get Wait, Ayla girl. So she's got one with an underscore and one. Look at the one that has an underscore. Ayla underscore yeah, the, girl. The underscore is a safer work one. Like I'll give you the skinny on Ayla, Sam. So Ayla has all these polls on Twitter, and they're almost always asking people like these super controversial things. She also has this card game that I bought. It's like it's kind of like icebreakers. Yeah. So 
what I did is I, I went through all of the polls. I've, I've been doing polls for like pretty steadily for about three years. And I have around 1500 and I put them all on a spreadsheet and then I sorted them all by like the amounts of likes and retweets. And like I weighted them differently. And then I sorted it by ones that are most divisive. So like the, the answers tend to be like roughly 50, 50. Mm. Um, and then I, I selected from there in different categories and I had people like vote on them. Um, and that, that's how we got. So most of those came from Twitter polls or versions of Twitter polls. So Twitter is a proven grounds for what's actually interesting. Yeah. That's super cool. I actually had the good fortune of meeting Ayla not long after this interview. And I can confirm that her questions make everyone uncomfortable, but also make the meeting with her memorable. And her card, her trading cards with all these questions is available at askhole.io. And I'm going to get one of them and just to see what questions she's come up with. The next feature we're going to have is Sam Parr. He's talked about his process several times, but he's super confident about it. And I think it's worth studying because he clearly gets results. It may be a bit dishonest, but if you're willing to trade in some hustle, his, which is his company, for results, you can get phenomenal results. And he's clearly got objectively very good results. And what do you know that these people don't? I know how to use the written word to get people to do what I want them to do. And how do you do that? <laughs> Why does that sound so ominous? <laughs> it does seem ominous. I mean, Sam, the face you're making right now, you look uh, you look devious. No, it's just like, you know, when we're, we're always selling something, whether I want to like entertain someone with an article, like I'm not asking for money. I just like I'm trying to sell you to give me your attention and, and read my story. Whether I'm actually trying to get you to buy stuff, whether I'm trying to get you to share something, whether I'm getting you to believe something I'm trying to tell you, whether I'm trying to get you to work at my company, uh, I'm very good at particularly the written word, getting you to do what I want you to do. How did you get good? Um, the best way to get good is I found people who I admired and who were best in their field. And then I would write their work out by hand. So for example, there was a handful of long form copywriters that are considered the best. And I spent six months writing it out by hand, copying each of their ads. Then I wanted to learn a little bit about writing uh, like books. So I took J.D. Salinger's, um, what's his book? Um, Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye. And I wrote that up by hand. Um, if you want to learn how to become a good script writer for like comedy for movies, you go and find a Judd Apatow script or Woody Allen script and write it up by hand. It's the same way that you that, like the way that we learn music is really great. Like if you gave someone six months, they can get really good at guitar. And what they do is they go and play Jingle Bells a bunch of times and then they go and play a Green Day song and then they go and play a ACD song and they figure out blues and rock and they go, oh, wow, I see the commonalities between all these because I've been copying them. Now I know how to put my texture in this because I've learned the combination of what the people I like do. And I'm going to make a little bit of my own, add my own flair to that. And so it's called uh, copy work. So you just copy other people's work for a long period of time until you see the similarities and you start acting like them and behaving and thinking like them. And then after a while, you get really good at it. And then you do your own thing. So you're basically pattern matching while you're writing. Like you're trying to lean into what is recurring. Exactly. That's exactly it. But it's like, do you know how to play an instrument? Play the, uh, the sax or used to. The accordion. Okay, great. When you learned how to play, did you write your own songs on day one or did you copy other people for a little while? Yeah, 100% copying, playing other people's music. Wait, I, I, is this, I, like, I'm down with this as like a thing, but I feel a little bit confused still about it. So when you say copy, are you talking like physically writing it with your hand? Yeah, I wonder if I have my notebooks here. Like I literally have stacks of notebooks and I have found the best selling 
like there's famous ads, like long form ads that sold encyclopedias, and I literally write them by hand. Okay, wait. So I'm work. not. I'm not saying this doesn't work for you. I'm totally down with this. I'm just like confused. Like I can co- copy. I can do a lot of things like and replicate it, and I still don't learn how to do it. Like when we copy things by hand, we're learning how to physically like get our hand to move in that way. Um, whereas I don't know how like it, like if I just like write out a brilliant novel, I'm I don't think that would actually help me because I've. Oh, it will if you do it a bunch because you're reading it as you're writing it. Well, so what, wouldn't just reading it do it though? Wouldn't just reading music teach you how to play music? But those feel like different <laughs> categories of things. Like with playing music, I have to learn how to read the music and how to translate that to my hands moving it. Good writing is rhythmic and you and you actually have to feel the rhythm. You got to know, um, you know, like a great writing, like you can have one short sentence and then a really long sentence, like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a rhythm. And you and you can feel these rhythms by writing it out by hand. And it's f- because when you write it out by hand, it forces you to acknowledge every single syllable, every single comma, every single period. Uh, and it's really important. I think it resonates more if you break into three steps as opposed to two. So Sam, maybe you're saying, I see this thing and I'm going to write it down. I think the intermediary step is I'm now deliberately internalizing everything I'm writing down. So the writing down is just a forcing function to actually think through the patterns. I think that's what you're capturing. And I think that might sort of satisfy Ayla's good point, which is like, well, when I'm playing an instrument, I could just do it without actually thinking. And then I'm not actually getting true internalized learnings. So that's it from today's feature on writing. We have tips from Julian Shapiro on writing Twitter threads and then Sam Parr on just writing persuasive ad and marketing copy and and learning that through copy work. I think these things are one of those simple but not easy concepts. There's no secret here. You just put in the work.